Hi, and welcome to the Pet Healer Podcast. This is your host, Dr. Mitzi Vargas, and today we continue the series Balancing the Meridians with the Gallbladder Channel. And this is one of my favorites because, again, um, the gallbladder is to me a great one for excesses, and one of the major excesses that we see is pain. So I tend to use this gallbladder channel a lot. And so it's easy to balance. Remember that the gallbladder is food Shaoyang, right? Remember, it belongs to the Shaoyang family in the foot. And the um, way of the meridian or the pathway that it travels in the body of the dog, it covers the whole body. Think about it. It starts on the lateral campus of the eye, like 0.1 twin, right? Uh, something like that from the lateral campus of the eye. And it just does some weird turns around the eye, near the eye, goes to the ear, then to the uh, top of the eye, right at the um, middle of the pupils, just about one chewing above it. Um, and then it goes to Gobra 20, which is one of the main points that I use, not only for calming. Uh, I know that it's a wind po point for a lot of people, but it is local to the head. So I use it a lot in calming animals and epilepsy a lot of uses for gallbladder 20 uh, in in animals that have neck pain. I will connect gallbladder 22, gallbladder 21, and cover the neck. So, I mean, it's a, a lot of uses for this meridian. And, of course, my favorite point that I would marry if I could is gallbladder 41 because it opened the, the daimai, which is, again, an internal chi coordinator channel, one of those amazing uh, points is confluent with with it uh, with the daimai and the daimai is the girdle uh, channel remember it goes around the kidney area kidney belt and so very powerful for the ming men fire of life uh, very powerful for internal abdominal issues um, so i think it's a wonderful point the daimai i really see recoveries uh, i claim that it's for because i use i'm using gobbler 41 a lot so gold butter can be balanced with the um, hand and foot family, right? So if gold butter is foot chow yang, then it can be balanced with triple heater because triple heater is hand chow yang. So they balance each other and you would treat the opposite. Why? Because you want to kind of keep your Tai Chi flow. So let's say that you elect gold butter 41 on your right hind foot obviously, then you're going to pick your left triple heater, right? And then that way, it will be the flow of the Tai Chi. And so uh, of the points that I use a lot is to balance your hip. So hip pain, imagine who controls the hip. Gallbladder, because it goes gallbladder 29 and 30. They uh, surround the uh, head of the femur, right? The um, femoral... Um, trochanter and so it is a great point to use for local hip problems and pain and we see that a lot we see a lot of hip dysplasia djd osteoarthritis so using triple heater might be an option if the if the hip is too painful to treat so let's say you have a, a painful hip you cannot um extend it or flex it it's very painful the dog wants to bite you then all you do is you use triple heater 14 or triple heater 3 in the um opposite side right in the front leg so diagonal basically 
to it. And that's a way of treating a hip when you don't have to go with the local point in a painful point, in an she point that is beyond a she. It's just, it's just cruelty to treat. So it's a great option to have. Now, in system two, remember that it's um, yin-yang, uh, hand-foot. So hand-foot of the same family. So the foot shaojiang will be balanced by the hand shaojing. Who's the hand shaojing? Remember, heart. Heart is the hand shaojing. Therefore, they balance each other. So a great point that I use a lot is heart seven because not only is a great source point for the heart channel, heart meridian, but it's also your shoestring point, which means it, it removes pain and stagnation on the heart. So it's a great point to balance your gallbladder as well. So sometimes I try triple heater and maybe I get 80%. Then I will try the same side, uh, heart seven maybe. And then that way, or if it's a hip, you could go higher up, try heart one. And then see, because we're talking about imbalance methods, sometimes it's just a position, you know, what you're treating. So you image or you do uh, mirroring, and you can mirror the front leg with the back leg and treat that way. So that's one strategy of treating. Now, system three is internal, external, husband and wife. So I would definitely uh, use this all the time. Liver three and go better 41. Because liver, liver is the um, wife of gallbladder. And liver is your mitochondria of the body. Holds all the energy. Um, if you have pain, it's because the liver is just not, you know, shedding the, the energy, just keeping it stuck in there. And so liver and gallbladder go together like uh, peas and carrots, in my opinion. So I always use them together. And they're balancing each other because they're husband and wife. Now, in system four, we have the family, right? So, the, uh, the, again, we have the heart. The Han Shaojing gets to balance it, not because it's Shaojing, Shaojang, but because they are opposites on the clock. So, whereas heart is in charge of the energy between 11 a.m. and 1 p.m., then gallbladder is going to be in charge of the flow of energy in the body between 11 p.m. and 1 a.m. This is why it's important to ask your patients, when do you see the seizures or the episode of pain or the problem? Where does the problem show up? Because usually is when the meridian is at the, the time of the day that they dominate. And so that's when the deficiency or the excess is going to showcase you know uh, the problem and so that's why it's so important to ask for time but also because meridian clock opposites balance each other and then on the fifth uh, system we see the triple heater again so we can see that triple heater and heart balance gallbladder twice in different kinds of systems so i tend to balance using these three meridians, liver, heart, and triple heater all the time. But the meridian clock neighbor is going to be um, triple heater. They are, triple heater is from 9 to 11, and gallbladder is from 11 to 1. 
and they're both of the same polarity, meaning they're both yang. So therefore, they balance each other. And then, of course, the system six is going to be using gallbladder distal point. And I just gave myself away by saying gallbladder 41 is my go-to point. But occasionally, I just bleed um, gallbladder 44, which is the lateral nail of the fourth digit on the foot, on the back foot, right? So it's one of those things that I use a lot. And then I rescan. So sometimes I have a very, very painful animal. And then I just, um, you know, bleed either. I could bleed Weijan, but I often do go by 44 or liver one and then just reassess. Now the pain is gone. Then I can focus on trying to see, determine if there's any other underlying problem. But sometimes that's my goal to have every patient that I see. And I hope that this is your goal as well leave with no pain, without pain, um, because that's our goal, right? Do no harm and prevent suffering and pain, and that to me is what Balance Method allows us to do. So if you learned something today, I really hope you did, uh, just uh, share it with your friends and help me spread the word about TCBM and the uh, balancing, because acupuncture by Balance Method is a wonderful, elegant way of achieving pain control and general balance homeostasis of the energy in the body and it's in the news it's everywhere a lot of people are freaking out because of the monkeypox virus and as pet owners and pet lovers we tend to worry could i get it from my pet or could i give it to my pet and i'm here to answer some of the questions and if I didn't get to your concerns, please reach out to us um, in all the platforms we can. You can reach us at the Pet Healer um, podcast uh, website or the Facebook page. And if you haven't liked that one, like it uh, or any of the platforms. So we'll be happy to listen to you and to uh, help you out. But monkeypox is a sonoric disease. And what that means is we can give it to the pets. The pets can give it to us. Um, it's not as uh, particularly infective as the coronavirus because it's not airborne. It has to be contact with the fomites or the fluids of the animals. But it is of concern. I mean, uh, you know, in some people, especially people that are immune compromised, it could really exacerbate some other conditions and uh, it could be a little bit dicey, but it's usually not fatal, uh, but it's very painful. And so for our people, if you think about monkeypox in people, you think about lesions in the skin, rashes and ulcers and just very painful skin lesions, and fever and something like that. Um, but in pets, the rash may or may not be there. Um, some of the pet cases that are, have been, you know, shared in so social media or in some of the better journals and articles in good uh, scientific magazines have exposed, and particularly in a case with a dog, that yes, they can have monkeypox and there might be a rash associated with it, but not necessarily the pustules and the ulcers that we see with people. And so it's more of general malaise, like fever, lethargy, the pet's not moving around, there's, you know, they're not eating, they're off. 
So it has not been reported in cats, but it's been reported in multiple mammals. As a matter of fact, the little mammals, rodents and um, other little mammals in West Africa, that's how they, they tend to be the reservoir. So the virus, um, which is an orthopox virus, virus um, lays dormant in these uh, little reservoirs of mammals, and then they get into the houses, and then that's how people got it. So the original monkeypox were, they call it monkeypox because they sow the lesions in the non-human primates in West Africa. And then, of course, you know, with contact with the people, it being sonotic, then people develop the same sort of uh, lesions as the monkeys did. And um, in the United States, I don't know if you have a good memory or if you were around or reading papers in 2003, but I remember clearly because I do take care of exotic mammals and uh, little pocket pets, and I have spay and neuter a prairie dog or two and taking care of them as pets. Um, not myself, but I mean for my clients. And I remember in 2003 where there was an outbreak in the Midwest from some uh, prairie dogs, and they suspected that it was, I believe it was some pet shop material that had been uh, transferred from West Africa, and it had the, the contaminant in it, the, the virus in it. And so the prairie dog population um, took a hit. A lot of uh, people that keep uh, prairie dogs at, as pets uh, developed the disease, uh, I think it was uh, 47. Yeah, I wrote it down to remember. 47 human cases in six uh, six states, all related to the pet trade business and imports from West Africa. And so it has happened here. It, again, 47 people is not the millions that have been um, affected by COVID, but it is significant um, and it is of concern. So like I said before, in cats, we haven't had any cases, but in dogs, there's a specific case that was written up and some suspicious thing. So what happens if you get monkeypox? My advice is if you have pets, to either have somebody board the pets out, out of the house for the two weeks that you're going to be, well, actually 21 days is the infectious state. So unfortunately, it's three weeks. So have an arrangement to somebody to take care of your pets for that time. If that is impossible, then I recommend that you take um, very good care in isolating from your pets. So let's say you have two rooms. One room is going to be for your dogs or cats or um, birds or whatever you have. And you're going to take care of them in there. I would recommend to... Obviously, wear protective equipment, uh, being a you know gown or or any kind of disposable materials like gloves or even a mask, and just go in there and uh, you know service the the poor animals and then get out. You might not feel that great, and you might not feel like taking care of the pets. So, what else can you do? Well, if you cannot isolate from them, then at least wash your hands and don't sleep with them because that will decrease the amount of fomite or, or um, secretions that you will get in, you know, in contact with. 
the opposite way, uh, like the pet giving it to you, I really don't think that that will be a big concern. Um, if you take your dog to the dog park, um, or if you take your dog to groomers or the veterinarian, uh, I don't think that they're going to get uh, enough opportunity in contact um, when I infect an animal there to have it. So the main concern is human to pet, not pet to human. Could that happen? Yes, it could. But the, the pet has to have um, the symptoms like the rash or, or just a high fever or just something like that where it says that they're fighting the virus. Now, from the um, natural homeopathic standpoint of view, we can do a lot to raise our energy, to raise our Wei Qi. The Wei Qi is the defensive Qi, the one that is in the exterior. This would be an exterior pathogen, right? It's a fomite, it's a, it's a damp outside trying to come in. So to raise our Wei Qi, we can use herbs like Wei Qi Booster, which is a great herb. It's an anti-cancer, antiviral. is a great herb. And somebody have asked me if we could do um, J-Screen 8 because when the coronavirus uh, was going on around and uh, people would get sick, they would call me and ask me if they could use something to protect their pets from getting the coronavirus. And, you know, although the chances, you know, their immune system's better than ours and they do, they could get coronavirus as well. Um, but I would recommend J-Screen 8, which is a great um, herbal that prevents rep respiratory diseases. But J-Screen 8 for this would not be appropriate. Wei Qi Booster would be probably more appropriate because it's a uh, very potent antiviral herb and you can use it yourself and your pets and try to uh, stay, you know, strong the strong Wei Qi will repel any external pathogen. What else can you do food-wise? Well, increase your consumption of vitamin C. Where is it? Is in fresh fruits and vegetables, right? You need to get it from the whole foods. That's where the natural immunity is. I say mushrooms. Mushrooms are great um, immune system boosters anti-cancer, antiviral, and especially reishi mushrooms. Um, you can definitely get them in capsules or just uh, be a little bit more creative with your food as you're preparing it and add some more mushrooms. Up, the uptake should be up. And you can share with your pets. You know, there's nothing wrong with doing, um, you know, some mushrooms, you know, the legal ones, <laughs> and, and, and so tear, prepare, and put it in your pet's uh, food. It definitely will raise up. And remember sunlight. Sunlight will take care of all the fomites. So if you spend your time outdoors, or enough time outdoors, and you get your vitamin D, vitamin D is essential. So the funny thing is we think about vitamin D and the COVID, and there's a big correlation with the people that have um, severe symptoms or long COVID, and they being, you know, when they were investigated, they had lower um, levels of vitamin D than those that, you know, got the COVID and got over it very quickly. So I think that we can assume dogs and cats are a little 
people with fur coats and we can get a little bit of increased vitamin D by uh, sunlight, uh, taking them outdoors and have a little bit more sunlight with them. Uh, if you want to have your pet's vitamin D uh, level checked, that is definitely possible. And if we would see lower levels, that's the only time that I recommend to um, do supplementation. Why? Because vitamin D is not water-soluble like, like vitamin B or C. It is uh, fat-soluble. So it stays in the fat. It can concentrate in excessive amounts and it can cause a problem. So definitely uh, we can check the vitamin Ds for your pets if you're interested, but uh, I wouldn't supplement unless indicated. So I hope that you learned a couple of things. I hope that I put your mind at ease that this monkeypox virus, although there's some concern, is mostly human to pet transmission that we would be concerned about. And then there's ways around it. And that is uh, 21 miserable days away from your pet, but you can recover um, and they can, uh, they'll be so happy to see you and they'll be safe. Um, so if you have any questions, like I said in the intro, don't hesitate. We're here to help. And thank you for listening and stay tuned for our newer studio shows that are going to come out from the Pet Healer Podcast. And remember that from now on, we're going to be uh, downloading every Friday a brand new episodes. So you can be on the lookout for them. Uh, in the meantime, visit our Facebook page, the Pet Healer Podcast page. Uh, we also have a website, thepethealerpodcast.com. And uh, it, we are in most platforms, so you can uh, enjoy our topics. Thank you, and until next time, take care. Well, thanks so much for listening, guys. Information about this episode came from my book, Alvet, the Revolutionary Pet Care and Longevity Solution, available in Amazon at our clinic and soon to be an audiobook. So look forward to that. And this episode was sponsored by my practice, Orchid Springs Animal Hospital. And our website is www.osahvsinvictorets.com, osavets.com. There's a lot of information out there if you want some more information on integrative pet healing. And our Pet Healer podcast is going to be available in all platforms. So we're looking forward to seeing you again.